Welcome to Main Menu for January 9th, 2010. I'm Jamie Pauls. On this week's show, Tech Goods in 5 with Shane Dittmar, a closer look at the iBill, an interview with Philip Benefall of Blast Bay Studios about a new side-scrolling action-adventure game, Q9, and an interview with Mike Forzano about a new Monopoly game from RS Games. That's all coming up on this edition of Main Menu. for January 8th, 2010. Listening to TGIF Tech Goods in Five, the only show where we cover tech news in five minutes or less each week. This show is for Friday, January 8th, 2010, and I am your host, Shane Dittmar. In the first story of the evening, Crackers announced this week that they have cracked and published the encryption code used on GSM cellular phones in 212 countries. This makes up roughly 80% of the phones in use today. We have given up hope that network operators will improve security on their own but we are hoping that with this added attention, there will be increased demand from customers for them to do so, said Karsten Knoll, the chief engineer of the crack. The crack, however, does not affect phones using 3G encryption. James Cameron's Avatar charted as one of the five highest grossing films of all time at the box office, only 17 days after its release to theaters worldwide. The film, shot in 3D technology and set on the alien planet of Pandora, has been many years in the making, and the budget has been rumored to be about $350 million. According to reports, the film broke the $1 billion mark over the weekend. This, along with his other film, Titanic, has made Cameron the only director with two out of five of the highest-grossing movies of all time. A player of the game Planet Calypso purchased a fully functioning virtual space station for $330,000 U.S. dollars in real money. The space station was designed by a division of the company that created the game. On the game, players can buy and sell with each other with virtual dollars directly convertible to real currency at a rate of 10 to 1. Palm announced that pay-for applications will be available on its WebOS platform in Europe this March. This follows the release of pay-for applications in the U.S. back in October. According to a study, 81% of the IP version 4 addresses available are in use, and only 19% remain. 1.37 billion addresses were assigned in the last decade, and only 722 million addresses remain. Lake Superior State University, in its annual list of words banished from the Queen's English for misuse, overuse, and general uselessness, has put four tech words on the list. Tweet and its derivatives, app, 
sexting, and the word friend used as a verb, as on the popular social networking website, Facebook.com. A British man arrested for seven years on counts of aggravated burglary escaped his jail cell back in September. It has recently been discovered that he has been making regular Facebook updates as he runs from the police. Posts are designed to taunt the authorities and include comments like, thinking maybe we should get some fan t-shirts made. The police are in pursuit. He has not been caught yet. In related news, a thief of over 50 electronics devices was caught over the holiday season by just being stupid. He logged into Xbox Live using the saved details on one of the stolen consoles by Microsoft. The previous owner of the Xbox 360 was playing games with his friend at his friend's house when he noticed himself sign on to the network. He notified the authorities, and they traced the IP address of the login back to the apartment where Jeremiah Gilliam had stored computers, GPS units, game consoles, and stolen credit cards. He has now been charged with grand larceny. Joel Tienenbaum, a convicted file-sharing copyright infringer, filed a brief this week to try to get a new trial. In the brief, his legal defense team stated that there, there being the record labels who sued Tienenbaum, continued conduct of releasing their recordings into a digitally networked environment on DRM-free CDs made the proliferation of their recordings on the peer-to-peer networks trivially easy. Their aggressive promotion of their recordings made such proliferation entirely predictable. Indeed, their mode of publication all but invited sharing. Plaintiffs knew, or should have known, exactly where their sound recordings would end up. As of right now, the damages assessed against Tienenbaum total $675,000. Finally, on Tuesday, Google released its Nexus One smartphone, a new Android-based smartphone they will be selling directly from an online store they control, even though one might begin to doubt when the producing company markets it as a superphone At a press conference, it is actually a slick phone, featuring a 3.7-inch touchscreen display, a super slim design, and enough processing power to run multiple apps at the same time. The phone will sell from http colon slash slash www.google dot com slash phone for $179.99 on T-Mobile or $529.99 unlocked. And that's this week's news. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, or anything you'd like to say, feel free to email tgif at blind-geek.com. That's tgif at blind-geek.com. You can also go to blind-geek.com, blind-geek.com, to find links to all the articles discussed on this and every week's episode of TGIF. Thank you for listening, and see you next week. This is Shane Dittmar with ACB Radio's Main Menu.
I'm joined this week on Main Menu by Brian of Orbit Research, and we're talking about the iBill, which is um, a new talking money identifier. Did I pretty much get that right, Brian? We call it the iBill talking banknote identifier. There it we go. does identify banknotes. Uh, I guess in, in principle, you probably can't call it a money identifier because it doesn't identify coins. Excellent. One of the things I think that's kind of nice about the product is it's very simple. I mean, you know, a lot of things you, you buy have lots of bells and whistles that you don't use and don't need, but the talking banknote identifier just does what it says it does. Why don't you go ahead and actually just describe the, the unit for us? Sure. Uh, it's uh, it's about the size of a, of a credit card, uh, a little bit thicker, of course. Um, you can think about it as a, as a pager. Um, it's about three inches uh, wide, um, one and a half inches high, and about uh, 0.7 inch thick. Um, it's got a uh, slot on the top surface um, through which you insert the short end of a bill. And on the back side uh, is a speaker through which uh, either speech or tone announcements are made um, identifying the bill, or uh, there's a vibrator inside which gives vibratory um, announcement of the bill denomination. Um, on the two sides of the unit are two buttons uh, which are identical in function, so it's uh, designed to be used by either left or right-handed uh, people. And um, pressing either one of the buttons uh, after inserting a bill um, begins the identification, and within about a second, uh, the denomination is announced. We've actually heard demos of the, the unit. Uh, we actually ran uh, a demo on Main Menu that was uh, done on another podcast, and so uh-huh. we've gotten to, to hear the unit. It's nice, very clear speech, I must say. And, Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. And I think it's great that you've provided three methods of uh, identification, the speech, tones, and vibrations. Uh, I assume that the vibrations are not only for deaf, blind people, but certainly uh, there would be privacy concerns. Um, exactly. At times. Great. Um, do you find that there's any slower, I'm, like, I guess I'm looking for productivity, um, does it slow you down much if you're using the vibrations as opposed to uh, speech? Not, not really. Um, the uh, time that it takes to uh, give you the identified outcome uh, is, is exactly the same. Uh, the vibratory patterns uh, uh, can be perhaps a little bit longer than um, speech. For instance, you know, speech uh, in speech mode, it would simply say 100, uh, while in vibration mode, it would have a pattern of uh, uh, a short beep, a longer beep, short beep, and a longer beep for 100. And that may take a few fractions of a second longer. Fair enough. But other than that, there's really no impact to, to productivity using one mode or the other. Now, one thing that uh, I was thinking about as I was thinking about about the unit and, and obtaining the unit and, and using it in everyday life. Um, I mean, occasionally, bills do get updated. First of all, do you know, uh, just as far as a pattern goes, how often that happens? How often does the uh, Treasury 
update a bill to the point that it could actually throw the unit off? Right. Very good question. Um, so uh, that's been one of our primary considerations uh, right from the, the the start of this project, uh, from the right in the very uh, early design phase. Um, the unit is fully updatable um, via a uh, software upgrade uh, to uh, account for uh, newer designs. Um, so we don't anticipate uh, any uh, any issues in that that regard. Um, the uh, cycle for uh, updated designs of the of the bills uh, from the Department of Treasury is is fairly long. Uh, it's it's uh, usually a few years before a new design comes out. Uh, the unit as it is today account uh, accommodates uh, all of the bills in circulation at the moment, including the new five dollar bill. Um, and uh, we're we're fully prepared to uh, take into account any new currency designs that might uh, that might be um, released by the uh, treasury. What is the process of updating the unit? So the the process that we have in mind at the moment is for uh, uh, customers to send the unit back to us. Uh, we would update it within a matter of. Uh, a, a, a couple days, a few days at, at most, uh, and send it back to them. Uh, we do not intend to uh, impose any sort of charge uh, for the actual update, other than obviously shipping shipping costs. And we are in we're in close touch with the Department of Treasury to uh, make sure that we are aligned with their schedule for any future releases. I think the interesting thing about the product is that. Um before it started shipping, it managed to make the list of uh, top, uh, well, actually top 11 stories of 2009 <laughs> that Blind Bargains um, just did. So uh, I think that's a, a good sign for, for you guys. Yes, indeed. indeed. And we, we really appreciate all the uh, strong support that we have had, uh, seen from the community and, and, and the wonderful feedback that we have received. We, we, are, we are extremely, extremely excited. The unit has actually started shipping. Is that right? That is correct. Okay. Um, I know that when when I call the the number, it still says, "Hey, you know, it, it, it could be a while, so you know, be patient <laughs> with us." And I'm sure that that is true. Uh, again, a, a, probably another very good another very good thing for you guys. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, we uh, we have been receiving orders from the day uh, we announced uh, the product. And uh, we're we're going in order of uh, the sequence in which we receive the orders, and fulfilling them. And uh, yes, our our message still says that uh, it's, uh, it's it's going to be a little while before it's available. But it is actually shipping. We we will be changing that message uh, um, uh, right after after New Year's. The product uh, comes with uh, with with three things. Uh, it, it, it actually comes with the batteries installed, so it's ready for use uh, as soon as you take it out of the box. Um, it comes with a um, with an audio uh, recording of the user guide uh, on a CD. The CD is actually a mini CD, uh, but it can be played in a, a normal uh, CD player. You know, any tray type CD player will also take mini CDs. Uh, this is exactly the same. It's just physically a smaller CD. And the only reason to do that is actually so that we can keep the packaging small and you know not have to make it ha have a big box for a, for a small product just because of a full size CD. Um, 
The uh, CD contains um, the uh, audio recording of the user manual as well as an audio recording of a quick start guide. Um, we also include in print uh, a, the user manual and quick start guide. And the CD also contains uh, electronic uh, soft copies of the user manual and quick start guide. There is a text version of both and also a PDF version of the user manual on the, uh, on the CD. The CD will pop straight into any audio player and will start playing. If you put the CD into a, into a computer, you'll be able to see um, uh, the, uh, the user manual and, and, and text files. Two, if I can call them criticisms that I've heard, I don't even really know that they rise to the level of, I suppose one might. Mm -hmm. Some people object to the lack of an, of an earphone jack, which I'm wondering if it would even be possible to place one on a unit that small. Um, I'm, I'm kind of curious as to what, what, were you surprised by that um, criticism and what, what is your, are your thoughts about that? Very good point. Um, uh, actually, I guess it's it's probably fair to say we were we were slightly surprised, but not not entirely at all. Uh, the earphone jack is uh, a, a feature that uh, uh, you know is, is, is a very obvious one and has been at the at the top of our our our, our uh, list uh, for for any of the products that, that that we are developing or have developed in the past. Um, the uh, Two main reasons why we decided not to put one in. By the way, it's it's not that hard to, to, to put in. Um, uh, one is that, um, uh, as as you said, the unit is extremely small. It is designed to be held in one hand, and um, uh, placing a, a or inserting an earphone jack uh, would be inconvenient to say to say the least for the user. Uh, just because the unit is so compact. Um, uh, secondly, the you know we, we uh, and after a fair bit of uh, of uh, research with uh, uh, various people in the in the blind and visually impaired community, we felt that the uh, concern uh, for privacy would be adequately addressed by the vibration and tone modes. Um, so we 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 still feel that. Uh, the vibration mode uh, and the tone mode as well are are uh, certainly capable of addressing the the privacy concern. Uh, the third factor, which was actually fairly important in our early decision to not provide a jack, is uh, basically the the freedom and, and autonomy that we would like to bring uh, to the user with this product. Uh, we really felt that. Uh, having an earphone would be an encumbrance. Um, you know, you would have to instead of just being able to slip this into your pocket or purse, uh, you we didn't feel people would want to carry along a earphone. Then, when they wanted to use it, plug it in, put the earphone on, and then begin to use it. We wanted it to be really, you know, you pull it out, insert the uh, the uh, banknote, press a button, and you know, you're ready to recognize. So from the perspective of, of autonomy and ease of use, we felt that the a, a, an earphone would actually be a, a, a hindrance. Well, and an earphone jack is one more thing to go bad. I mean, you know, yes. especially yes, exactly. if you're in a hurry, you're yanking it out of your pocket and you're quickly trying to insert the head to the earphone plug and then you pull it out when you're done. And I mean, I could see that if you're in a hurry and you're, because exactly. I, there's going to be times I'm, I'm thinking that you are in a hurry, especially if you're 
with um, friends and maybe you've done some shopping and you realize, man, my wallet's a mess, you know, and here, here you are right. trying to, to quickly um, get things sorted out. So, yeah, um, the, the second, and I won't even call it a criticism, I'll just, I'll back off that word entirely, a feature enhancement, perhaps, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. Um, a place for a key ring. And I'm kind of curious if you've thought about that one. Oh, you know, that's a very good point, actually. I think it came up with uh, with a couple of other folks as well. And uh, I guess this is actually an issue with uh, our marketing materials. The, the unit actually has a, a place to insert a keyring. Okay. So there's 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 a in one of the corners uh, is a is a little um, uh, hole uh, that is specifically designed to insert a either a keyring or a or a cord uh, a string to hold it with. So so it it is already there, um, and um, we I guess haven't done a good enough job of advertising it. <laughs> well, I mean it is kind of <laughs> new, and and again you know. Uh, as a friend of mine likes to say, that's a good problem to have, I think, is that it's, right, it's right. so popular and so quickly catching on that you guys are having to almost run to catch up with your own product. I suppose that's, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure you will do that and do a, a fine job of it. And that's what uh, programs like, like this one are for, I guess, is to kind of dig in a little bit. So that's that's very good news, actually. I think most listeners probably know already, but let's talk about the price. That's one of those things normally you have to hold your breath and groan, but fortunately in this case, that's not the case. Indeed, uh, the the price is $99, uh, and uh, we wanted to make this product uh, affordable to everyone who wanted to have one, needed to have one. And uh, we're, 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 we're very pleased that we have been able to produce this and make it available at this price. Now, I do know that the uh, it will be possible to order from your website at some point, right? Yes, indeed. And, and that'll be very shortly. Our plan is to uh, launch that uh, uh, capability on our website uh, again uh, uh, by, by, the, by the Monday of next week. Uh, do you plan to put uh, a place on there where a person can directly send fee- feedback to you or or perhaps sign up to an announcement list of some sort? Uh, yes, definitely. Actually, the feedback feature is there already. Uh, there's, a, there's a generic feedback uh, form for, for all our products. Uh, we will uh, provide a very specific one for uh, the iBill as well. Um, and uh, yes, uh, um, soon we will also have um, some mailing lists and uh, um, RSS feeds set up. You guys have been around a while. Tell us about the company and, and what other products you've, you've worked on. Sure. Um, Robert Research has been around since uh, 1998. Um, uh, we've uh, uh, had uh, uh, a talking scientific calculator product that that was our, our, our first one and uh, is uh, in its uh, second generation now um, it is a uh, speech enabled version of the ti 36x uh, scientific calculator that is very popular in in, in classrooms um, both at the at the high school and and college level um, so this uh, this unit, uh, which we call the Orion TI-36, is a talking version of that, has exactly the same functionality, has the same calculator keypad, uh, including the display itself, uh, and uh, vocalizes 
all the um, uh, key presses as well as the output on the screen is uh, is uh, announced through through speech. Uh, it's been very very popular. Uh, I think they're they're uh, uh, now in the tenth year of of production with this, and um, I have to say that it it remains the smallest. Uh, most capable and most affordable uh, uh, talking scientific calculator in the in the market. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us. Is there anything that you'd like to add before uh, before we let you go? No, I, I would just like to thank you for um, uh, having me on your on your show, and uh, um, we're you know we remain committed to um, bringing to the community. Um, products uh, like Dibel, which are you know, affordable and uh, serve uh, important needs. We've been visiting with Brian of Orbit Research here on Main Menu. We, the Main Menu team, would love to hear from you, the listener. You can drop us an email by sending a message to mainmenu at acbradio.org. That's mainmenu.acbradio.org. You can also call the Main Menu comment line at 206-338-7823. That's 206-338-7823. To find out what's coming up each week on Main Menu, follow Main Menu on Twitter by going to www.twitter.com slash mainmenu. That's www.twitter.com slash mainmenu. You can also find out what's happening on Main Menu by joining the ACB Radio announce list or the ACB Radio friends list. To join the announce list, send a blank message to announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. To join the ACB Radio friends list, send a blank message to friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. You can subscribe to a weekly podcast of Main Menu shows at http colon slash slash mainmenu.acbradio.org slash rss.php. That's http colon slash slash mainmenu.acbradio.org slash rss.php. Finally, visit the Main Menu website at http colon slash slash mainmenu.acbradio.org. That's http colon slash slash mainmenu.acbradio.org. Well, this week I am joined on Main Menu by Philip Benefall of Blast Bay Studios. Is that correct? That's perfectly correct, yep. Uh, blastbay.com. I always like to give contact information pretty early, kind of let folks know where you are. Um, I recently became aware of you thanks to um, Kelly Sapergia, who everyone listening will know as, as an avid gamer. And Kelly did a review of a game that uh, I'm not sure how long this game has been out. We're talking about Q9. So why don't I quit babbling and let you tell us what Q9 is? Well, Q9 is, uh, shall we call it, a modern side-scroller, uh, which was released um, on November 16th. So it's it's fairly new, um, I think. It's basically, um, you know, the, the traditional movement is is the same as in any, any side-scroller. Um, you you move around left and right with the left with the left and right arrow keys, uh, and you make your way through the different levels, and you fight enemies, and you 
collect bonus items, you avoid pits and, and things like that. So it's, it's, it gets pretty intense later on. Um, and, uh, but uh, the uh, first two levels or first two or three are, are fairly uh, introductory, shall we say. So they give you a good idea of, of how, what the rest of the game will be like. The game is, uh, does provide a demo version, correct? Yes, definitely. And it looks, and I really haven't had a chance to actually play with the game much. I've downloaded it and installed it. Uh, one of the things I see is that your manual is on the web in HTML, which is nice because that means it's easy for you to update, right? Well, uh, yes and no. It, it is in HTML, but it's on your, it's on your local machine. It's, okay. uh, and it's a document that comes with it. Go ahead and just uh, kind of take us through some of the basic commands that a person's going to need. First of all, it's self-voicing, right? So you don't use a screen reader. Absolutely. You, you're actually recommended to turn it off, especially if you're using JAWS. I know that some people have had success running it with their screen readers when it's not JAWS, but generally if you're using JAWS, you should shut it down. Um, and basically you'll, you'll be presented with an intro when you first start it up. You can skip that with the entry keys. You can use the entry key to skip uh, pretty much any um, you know, dialogue or, or things like that during the game. Then you're presented with a menu in which you have a few options. You know, you have the uh, your regular speaker test option. You have your high score list, and then you have a special game mode called the survival mode and things like that. But uh, when you click on start game, you get to choose between four difficulty levels: easy, medium, hard, and insane. And uh, when you've chosen that, then you're taken to the jungle world, which is the first one, both in the demo and in the full version. However. In the demo version, you don't get the jungle world level 2. Instead, you get the cave world level 1, which is actually the world that comes next to the jungle. So in the demo, you get one level from each of the two first worlds rather than one complete uh, world, which basically gives you a better idea of what's coming next. Now, to move around, you use your, like I said, your two arrow keys, left and right. Uh, you can jump up by pressing the up arrow. Uh, you can use your currently selected weapon by pressing the space bar. You can switch weapons with the uh, number keys or with the uh, alt key. Uh, and also you are able to um, jump in, like move in the air. So if you want to jump over a pit, for instance, which you will undoubtedly have to do later on, uh, you press the up arrow key and then quickly tap the right arrow key if, you, if, if the pit is to your right or the left if it's in that corresponding direction. So basically you have to uh, have a little skill to get over those pits that uh, come up on you. Now, you'll get attacked by a whole bunch of enemies. Even in the first level, there are in the jungle, there are gorillas, leopards, and rhinos. And uh, they, they work in similar ways, though the rhinos are slightly different. They will basically run straight ahead, not caring about anything in their way, and crush pretty much whatever stands before them. Uh, unless that creature in question manages to uh, to get away, and that includes you. So you have to jump over the rhinos, and then you have to kill the gorillas and the leopards using either one of your weapons, which you have a club and a slingshot, and then you have a shield, which comes in later, uh, which you'll probably want to use in the later levels of the game if you have the full version. And then there's a secret weapon also, which is hidden somewhere. As you describe it, it's obviously very easy to play the game. You know, some some games almost can overwhelm you with uh, the level of or the set of commands that they require, and you almost have to, if you've um, stopped playing the game for any length of time at all, you have to go back and re review what all the commands are before you can even start enjoying it. But it sounds like this is very straightforward. 
Absolutely. And, and in all my titles, even in my future ones that are a little more complicated, but in any case, I do, I do strive to maintain a certain level of simplicity in the uh, command interfaces. So, you know, I mean, always movement is always with the arrow keys and, you know, attacking is pretty much always with spacebar, things like that. I, I try to maintain throughout my titles. The, uh, the voice acting is quite good. I mean, uh, sometimes games can almost be a little um, too much in, in your face with the uh, the sounds and the dialogue and and some games unfortunately you can't even skip some of that but uh, it it sounds like you've provided ways for the the more experienced player to go ahead and skip past all of that and just get right in into the gameplay right because if you if you've heard, if you've heard the dialogue the intro scenes like there are cut scenes between uh, every world for instance and one before the boss and things so there are a bunch of them and you know, I mean if you've heard them three times you might not want to hear them a fourth time saving the game is quite easy right. Yes, um, when you uh, when you complete a level, it automatically saves your game, um, as well as when you die. So that some people have actually complained to me about this, but when you when you lose your last life, the save game is deleted, which I think would make perfect sense because you died, so you don't get a second chance. But people have uh, have uh, written to me in dismay, like, why can't I try again? <laughs> you can start over. <laughs> exactly. Right. That's funny. Uh, this isn't your only product what else do you have up on on your website right now there's a freebie also called kringle crash which was uh should we say a seasonal release uh it was released on december 22nd don't quote me on that though but i'm sure you will (laughs) um it was it's basically a game where you have to help santa claus to recover all his christmas gifts that his rebellious elves have stolen because they're tired of their working conditions during the financial crisis and so they they've decided to put the grand old man in his place once and for all and they're basically running riot and you have to murder them in in you know very interesting ways you knock them down with santa's gigantic fist and then you have to recover all your gifts and put them on the sleigh before the happy elves manage to uh, throw them into a massive garbage disposal unit at the very right side of the playing field, so to speak. I may have to play that Christmas or not. That sounds like fun, actually. It's pleasingly violent if you like that sort of thing. There you go. What what goes into developing games? I mean, that's something... There for a while, there was a real, a real proliferation of games out there, and then the whole market just kind of went away for a while. But, uh, you know, kind of t- take us through actually going through that process. Well, uh, it's it's very individual, you know, from developer to developer. But the way I usually do it is I sit down, think for about, you know, two or three hours. Okay, what will this game be about? If it's a smaller game, if it's a longer game, then it obviously takes much more planning. But for a game like Kringle Crash, um, I sat down, thought it over. Okay, what do you do? What's the objective? What's, you know, who is the protagonist? Who are the antagonists, if any? Here the elves, obviously. So it's very much like constructing a story in the initial stage. Then when you have the story laid out, then you can start thinking about controls. Like, okay, how does Santa manage to knock the elves down? What does he do? Can he... Can he, uh, you know, can he carry as many as many gifts as he wants? No, because that wouldn't make sense. He has to put them away somewhere. Where on the sleigh, right? And so you you start, you know, with a very basic sketch of the obviously the landscape and some preliminary movements. Like so, let let Santa be able to run around and pick up gifts. That was the first thing that that my version did. Like the gifts would appear, and you were able to pick them up and put them on the sleigh. Then I put in the elves, and that's where you have to construct some artificial intelligence, which basically entails um, 
trying to think, okay, I am an elf. What would I do if this were the case? Like, for example, what do I do if I'm carrying a gift? Right. I try to, just, I try to, try to destroy it as soon as I can, obviously. Now, what do I do if I uh, don't have a gift? I'm an, I'm an elf. I'm angry. I'm looking for a gift. What, what do I do if I don't have one? Well, I walk around trying to, you know, pretty much walk around and cover as much of the area as possible to make sure that you're moving so that you're not just standing in the same position, which might give, give the player an advantage as to be able to predict where you are so you let the elves sort of move around looking and then as, as soon as they see a gift they'll rush for it and try to grab it before you do and then obviously when you've had that laid down you know there's there's testing there's balancing to do like you know initially the game was way too hard the elves were moving too fast you know how many elves do you have at the same time obviously you want that to progress over time because the game only lasts four minutes uh, so you want that, you know, you want the difficulty to, to increase and so on. But how much does it increase? What is unreasonable? Uh, what is too easy? And so on and so forth. When you develop a game like this, obviously you have to make a little something on it. Uh, well, not on, on the free one, obviously, but on, on the, the more complex ones. Uh, but I, I think you've managed to strike a nice balance. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what the price of Q9 is? Well, up until January 1st, it was uh, $24.95, but now when the Christmas special is out, it's gone up to $29.95. Uh, and it may go down again, you know, for Easter perhaps, or, or you know, but uh, right now it's $29.95, and it can be ordered from www.blastbay.com by clicking on the order link. And of course, you can try the demo first by clicking on the games link and then choosing the, either the Q9 action game or Kringle Crash. Excellent. And you do use um, PayPal as your order Absolute. system. Which is, yes, is... and something I can tell you about that is that when you order uh, Q9, you get your key automatically within a few seconds, both emailed to you and displayed on the website when you've completed your order. Very good. That's, that's very nice um, because sometimes when you... When you order, then you, you know, you have to wait, and and you wonder if if you've waited long enough, if the person's just busy. So that's excellent that it's uh, pretty much immediate. Uh, now, when when you order, you just fill in your your name. Basically, is that the only thing you need for registration? Your name, and obviously, if you have a PayPal account, you log into that and you make the payment through my site. Or if you don't have a PayPal account, you can still use a Visa or Mastercard or American Express. Okay, very nice, very good. I um, always like to ask, and you may not be able to tell us, but can you give us any hints on what might be coming down the road from Blast Bay? Um, actually, yes, I can. I, I very rarely do this, but I can this time. Um, put it this way, recently I bought a 10-CD library full of almost entirely jungle animal sounds. Um, yeah, so you, you can expect something to do with a jungle. And if you're interested, you can actually follow me on Twitter, just search for Blast Bay on Twitter and you'll find me there. I actually post almost on a daily basis exactly what I'm doing in my developments. If you want to have a little insight, go and, uh, and uh, stalk me there. Excellent. Well, Twitter is the rage these days, so I'm sure you'll be getting some followers, definitely. I've been forced to accept it. I didn't First, I didn't like Twitter because I thought it was a new thing that I didn't want to be bothered with, but I, I got weighed down with requests, and so I had to submit to, uh, to the inevitable, so it to speak. Took, it took me a year. I signed up with an account and spent a year not doing anything and finally started to play with it, and I find myself checking Twitter before I check email these days. Now, Facebook, I, I just haven't got into that yet. 
Uh, Neither have I. So yeah. don't don't look for me on Facebook. You won't find me, and you probably never will either. Well, I'd like to thank you for joining us. Um, we I will certainly uh, check out the game and most likely purchase it from from what I've heard and from what I've seen. So uh, again, www.blastbay.com, and we've been visiting with Philip Benefall of Blast Bay Studios here on Main Menu. So let's take a quick look at the game. I have the registered version and I have my screen reader unloaded and I have a hotkey set up. I'm going to press the hotkey now. Blast Bay Studios presents Q9. That loads about as fast as any game I've ever seen. Main menu. Use your up and down arrow keys to select an option and then press enter. Let's quickly move through the menu with the arrow key, down arrow key. Start game. Load last played game. Play in survival mode. Speaker test. High score list. Learn game sounds. Let's quickly take a look at that. I'll press enter. Use your up and down arrow keys to select a sound and press enter to listen to it. Gorilla. <coughs> Leopard. <coughs> Rhino. Wolf. <coughs> Boar. Bear. Bat. Mini Demon. Pit. Bonus Object. Fortune Field. Level Portal. Go Back. Alright. Main Menu. Start Game. Let's just go ahead and start a new game. Please select the difficulty level. Remember we have, and you have to press the down arrow key before you get any options. Easy, medium, hard, insane, go back, easy. Again, very responsive. Now we're going to interrupt the A long the time cuts, ago, uh, in a galaxy far, far away. I pressed enter. The, the jungle world, went away. level one. So here we are, I'm just going to start pressing my, I'm going to press and hold down the right arrow key. I killed the uh, leopard, but I lost the bonus object. You heard it crash. Moving on. The pit is approaching. You can hear that. I'm going to start slowing down. I'm just going to tap, single tap to the arrow key. the splashing mud sound, that means I'm right in front of the pit. I'm going to hit my up arrow key, and then very quickly, I managed to jump and miss the rhino. I'm going to hit my up arrow key, and very quickly then hit my right arrow key while I'm still in the air. So I did not hold the arrow key down, I just tapped the up arrow, and then quickly hit right arrow. So I'm going to hold right arrow down and keep moving. an animal coming. I'm going to hit my alt key. Slingshot. Slingshot. Now, if you're going right, when you hit the space bar, you throw a rock to the right. If you are going in the left direction, um, if I hit the left arrow one time, hear that little swish sound. That tells me I'm going left. I can back, go back left. Or hit the right arrow. And 
go back right. They is shield. Managed to get a shield, that's good. Uh, an alternate method of changing weapons is to hit the number key. Someone hit the number one. Club. Go back to club. I'm going to head right again. starting to slow down a little. Um, if you'll notice, sometimes you'll hear a little high-pitched sound. Extra life. You'll hear a little high-pitched sound that'll tell you that your character is taking some hits. If I hit the letter H... 86 strength. So I've taken a uh, little bit of a hit, not anything terrible, but, you know, I've definitely been wounded a little bit in this battle. Um, to hit the creature, I just hit the space bar repeatedly. Again, it's very responsive, very fast. Keep blocking here. Here comes another one. I took a hit, but I managed to kill the leopard. We're coming up on a pit. I'm gonna jump, move right. Ah. Keep going right. And of course, remember the farther you go, the more difficult this becomes. And you have. Okay. If you'll listen to your right, you'll hear kind of a little high pitched sound there, a little bell sound almost. We're approaching uh, the portal that's going to take us to the next level. Okay, so let's recap a couple things. First of all, I, I misidentified my animals. I got my gorilla and my leopard mixed up, I think, as I was playing. As I was listening back, I could tell the difference, but... Uh, that takes some work, you know, to recognize the different sounds. The manual, of course, tells you, uh, you know, uh, how much damage each animal can do to you and the best way to kill them, that sort of thing, as you would expect in a, in a game like this. Remember that I was recording on the same computer that I was playing on, which is not the best situation to be in. That's why occasionally the sounds bogged down and stuttered a little bit. That was not the fault of the game, and in spite of the fact that that happened, the game kept on performing as it should. So even when my computer was not performing optimally for the gameplay, the game managed to handle that just fine. All of the key commands in the game, as I've said several times, are very quick, very rapid. Uh, also, my voice was not as high in the mix as I would like for it to have been. Uh, I was not able to bring it up as, as much as I would like. Uh, so my apologies for a less than stellar demo. And I've been playing the game just a matter of a very few hours, uh, so, you know, I'm obviously very new to it. But uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a great way to kill some time if you like that sort of thing. A little action-adventure, a little violence without any real harm being done, of course. Um, and if you can spare twenty nine ninety five, 
uh, it's worth the price. So go to blastbay.com, check out the demo if you like it. It's $29.95. Not a bad price. Over the week of Christmas, the Twitter community began to buzz about a new Monopoly game. I recently visited with Mike Forzano, one of the developers of the game. I asked Mike to talk about the project. Well, basically, I guess a few months ago, you know, we were, uh, me and the two other developers of the game, Ryan Smith and Jason Smith, were basically, you know, we wanted to create a, a multiplayer version of the classic board game Monopoly. So uh, we decided to give it a try and it ended up coming out pretty well. Um, one of the main things about it is it uses a server. So, you know, if, you, if anybody's ever played other multiplayer games, you know, there might be a time where you have to forward ports in your router and give other people your IP address. And we managed to avoid all that with our server. And um, anybody who's played the game, you know, will notice that we've been able to make a lot of changes without releasing any updates. And that's also because of the server. So basically, we have, we have two versions of the game, the PC version and the web version. And one is the PC version, obviously, you have to install on a Windows PC and the web version is played over the internet. And, you know, both can join games of Monopoly through the server and as many games as, you know, this is pretty much an infinite amount of games the server can support, can go on at once. And, you know, it's a great thing. You know, you can play against anyone, you know, through the server and everything. It's turned out really great. Mike went on to elaborate some of the differences between the PC version and the web version of the game. You know, the great thing about that is I mean, if you're using Windows, you probably want to use the PC client because of the sounds. The web client has no sounds, but on other devices, such as, you know, people have reported it works on the iPhone and the iPod Touch, which is a great thing. Um, it works on the Macs, the Linux operating systems, and uh, I think that's a great thing, too, so people with other devices can play. Um, as of now, I tried it on my Motorola Q running uh, mobile speak, and it doesn't work yet. Not sure why, but you know, on most newer uh, devices, I would think it would work. And uh, also, a couple of days ago, we added support for the uh, live regions. So if you have JAWS 10 or 11, or the latest version of Windows Eyes or NVDA, you know, it'll actually read out the text to you as it comes in. I asked Mike if he was surprised at how quickly the game became popular, even though it is still an alpha release. Yeah, I'm actually really surprised. I mean, I didn't, I didn't expect, you know, to be such a hit. I mean, you know, I'm on Twitter, so I, you know, said it on Twitter and it got retweeted and, you know, it got really popular that way. And but I never, you know, usually audio games are not really this popular and I didn't expect it to. I guess Twitter has a lot to do with it, I think. Because the game is server-based, the developers can respond to user requests very quickly. One example is an indication that you have acquired all properties in a color group. Um, yeah, original, for that particular feature, originally it didn't tell you, and then somebody requested it. So because we have the server, I was able to just put it in. It didn't take long at all. I just put in a message that it sent out to the, to the client when you got all these properties in the color group, and there it was. And, you know, it's thanks to, you know, a lot of things that we overlooked is thanks to the people's suggestions that we were able to put them in. If you are not sure of the rules, the game's user manual provides a link to a PDF document of the official rules of Monopoly.
I asked Mike about a concern expressed by players that there is currently a lack of support for system access users. Here is what Mike had to say. Well, actually, when in the first release, we were trying to put it in, and it wasn't working very well. And then, oddly enough, we didn't get any requests for it, which was, you know, I thought was pretty interesting. But anyway, um, I'm working on it. It's going to be the next patch, definitely. I next asked Mike if the game would remain free. Um, well, we plan to keep it free. Um, the server cost is pretty low. It, it doesn't take up a lot of resources, not a lot of bandwidth, not a lot of memory or anything. So we want to try and keep it free, and as of now, we have no plans to charge for it. And I think that's a great thing because, you know, we've managed to do this whole server thing and keep it free. I think that's great. I asked Mike about RS Games, the company behind the development of the current Monopoly game. Ryan actually started RS Games about two years ago. You know, he wanted to create games. And he created, if you look at the website, he created a few audio games, but, you know, and basically, you know, we became pretty good friends. Well, Jason it wasn't a part of RS Games either. It just happened to be all three of us. We became pretty good friends and decided to team up and work on this Monopoly game. The game is rich in sounds and allows players to use a screen reader while playing. Players can also chat with one another before and during gameplay. I asked Mike where to obtain the game. Go to www.rsgames.co.nr and you can click on the Monopoly link. That's basically, you know, all the information you'll need is there. The PC client, the, the uh, web client, yeah, everything's there. I then asked Mike how users could give feedback to the game developers. Well, they can email us at rsgames at inbox.com. Um, um, they can contact me on Twitter. I'm MF723. Um, there's also a talk to the administrators feature in the game. Um, they can use that, but you know we might miss it if we're you know we're not around and a lot of people are sending the messages. So I guess the best way would be either to contact me on Twitter or email us. Mike talked about how far gaming has come in the blind community and gave some examples as they relate to this Monopoly game. Yeah, it's great to see how far it's come. You know, I remember when I first started playing audio games, there was you know wasn't this multiplayer stuff and when it was multiplayer it was hard to set up because people didn't know how to forward their ports and couldn't get their IP address you had to really be you know technical you know technical to be able to figure that out and a lot of people I guess weren't not everybody was so you know that made it hard and you know now we figured out with, with the server it's you know it's so easy like if, if you want to add a new message all you do is you know, you have a certain command that the server sends to the client that tells it, you know, to speak a message. And just yesterday, we added um, support for private games. You know, you create a new game, you say yes if you want it to be private, you enter the password, you give the password to whoever you want to join. And we did that without releasing any client update. And that was, was really easy. We just have a certain command we send, it pops up the input box, asks for the password. And, you know, I guess people have really been amazed at how fast development has gone. And, you know, I, I think that's a great thing. Finally, I asked Mike what we could expect in the future from RS Games. I do plan to hopefully do some more of these multiplayer games because people seem to like them a lot. And, you know, more than I thought, obviously. So, you know, maybe some card games, some... I don't know. I'd have to think of some ideas, but... You know, if anybody has any suggestions, they can let us know, but definitely some more games in the future, I think. Mike Forzano of RS Games, talking about Monopoly. 
that concludes this edition of Main Menu. We trust you've enjoyed the program. On behalf of Jeff Bishop and the entire Main Menu team, I'm Jamie Pauls wishing you and yours a great week.